welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dahlman. Today, I am once again joined by County Administrator Scott Stevens. Welcome, Scott. Hey, Renee. Glad to be here. Glad to have you back. Unfortunately, we're still on Zoom. Yeah, you know, there's a plus and minus, but this is a minus. I like this being is a minus. the table from you and a little better interaction that way. But Zoom is better than not. So, Absolutely. So, lots of stuff going on right now. And so I will just let you take it away. You know, Renee, it seems to be a busy time. And I guess we say that often, maybe there's just not a slow time anymore. So who, who knows what that really means. But, you know, it's October, hard for me to believe that already. Uh, I can tell because the days are still pretty warm and the nights are not so much wake up and it's in the 50s, low 60s. And I guess that's a good transition. So uh, if October will stay that way, we'll be in great shape for me. So but anyhow, we'll just encourage people to get outside and enjoy it. It really is a pleasant time. You can have cool or warm this time of year. So very nice. Um, a couple of things uh, from the Board of Supervisors meeting that they, they met twice in September after not meeting in August. Um, one thing before I forget, we, during their break in August, we did upgrade the lighting in the boardroom. And I, you know, I knew we were going from um, the incandescent heat producing more energy consumption to uh, LED type lighting that was like, cooler in terms of temperature that the light uh, emits. Uh, and my, the technicians kept telling us better uh, make us look better on TV, so to speak. And, and you know, I, I didn't really believe much of that, but I will say I've looked back at the July meeting versus the September meeting and the video of those meetings, it does look better. So the new lighting about froze us out at the first meeting in September because the AC in the room was still set for the heat produced by the other lights. Um, so we were pretty cold at that meeting in September, but it is a better light. So more energy efficient, cooler, and, and I guess the most important uh, is for those viewing from home uh, from time to time, it should be a better uh, view for you as well. Make us look, uh, those on camera, the best we can be, which is, um, sometimes uh, what it is, you know? So anyhow, but I did want to mention that. I think the lighting improvements uh, were very well done and, and appreciate our staff working through that. So September 14th, again, the board's uh, public hearing, public comment type meeting. Uh, they did have a number of public hearings um, with a rezoning and some SUP approvals. Uh, they approved a rezoning for Frothy, Frothy Moon Brewhouse whew, on Jamestown Road. So I know that the uh, owner and developer there is moving along with that project and really excited to have another uh, brewery developing within our community. And there's some synergies of having two or three in an area. So uh, this will, I think, help one another so as, as James City County and that part of our community continues to flourish. Bush Gardens had an entertainment event and slash storage facility on there for an SUP for approval, which the board approved. Uh, quite a, a large building. And again, as they had shared, it would be for some type of entertainment and then also some storage of some uh, items that they have on site. Uh, Crosswalks Community Church and Daycare uh, had a small school expansion that was being approved and the board did approve that. We had a tourist home on Lake Powell uh, that the board um, approved as well so that it could be rented as an Airbnb. And then we had a couple easements that the board approved um, and property transition or transfer to uh, Virginia Department of Transportation for the Croker Road widening project, which is coming in the next year or two. So uh, a fairly straightforward meeting and the board's action, they, they approved all of those items that I had just mentioned. Their September 28th meeting um, uh, started again at one o'clock. Uh, we ran till almost 5.30, so quite uh, the meeting that day, a lot accomplished and a lot of good information. 
Uh, they started with a retiree of an employee, Joan uh, Etchberger, who had been here 37 years and most recently worked in Parks and Recreation. Uh, but I do want to commend uh, Joan for her service to uh, James City County and the community. Uh, really a delightful personality, a lot of interaction with the community, and 37 years uh, with us is quite an accomplishment. So I appreciate uh, her for her service and for letting us publicly recognize her as well. Uh, VACO, our, our county organization of, for, within Virginia, I've recognized the county for an award and presented that award at our meeting for some work in our stormwater program where we do matching grants with either HOAs or homeowners associations or individuals for stormwater improvements. So I want to congratulate our staff for having this program in place and being recognized for that. And then we had also a National Night Out proclamation from our chairman, Chief Peterson received, and we are changing. And again, for those this year, when this podcast airs, you have this evening to get there because it's uh, Tuesday evening. But uh, I would be curious for feedback for those that uh, participated where we used to drive through neighborhoods. Uh, we are having a gathering and an event at the Law Enforcement Center, and I think it will be a nice transition and provide a lot more one-on-one -on -one interaction for those that are interested and want to attend with our law enforcement and other county officials. So I would certainly encourage those that can participate this evening to do that. And again, that's Tuesday, October 5th. Those that were unable to participate, uh, uh, let us know your feedback or talk to us about what, what went on to see what you think we should do in the future. Uh, we also had our VDOT representative, Rossi Carroll, uh, come in and talk about some of the road projects going on, just some updates there. Uh, he does present to the Board of Supervisors quarterly, and that information is always appreciated by our board, staff, and I hope members of the public. Um, beyond that, they had a, a list of items, I think 19 items on their consent agenda. Uh, a couple of those I want to mention. We had 11 grants that they accepted for various activities within the county. Some of these grants that we received are grants that come almost just because they come. There are some that are regular recurring, but a large number of them are grants that our staff are searching out or looking for ways to leverage our monies and provide better service to the community and bring outside money into James City County. And so I wanna thank our staff for any work re relative to bringing those grants into our community and offsetting some of our costs. But I particularly wanna thank those that are going that extra mile and looking for those uh, other opportunities to serve our community and bring in outside dollars. So again, almost $1.4 million and over 11 grants that were accepted by the board at their meeting on September 28th. We also allow the emergency communication or 911 center to have two additional positions to serve as over hire positions. So, you know, we have somebody quit today in our emergency communications. It takes six to nine months to get somebody hired and trained to be able to be an emergency communicator, which puts a strain on the others that are still there providing that service. And so after, uh, some discussion about that with our department. We have allowed that and the board did approve those two positions. So it's not meant to be two additional permanent, but it will let them hire more than their permanent um, uh, number so that they can have some extras when they have some turnover. So again, happy to be helping there and helping our staff through that. And um, also a paving contract, Jamestown Beach Event Park uh, the, is really a beautiful facility. The driveway into it, not so much. And so this will improve the driveway in, whether you're coming to Jamestown Jam, whether you're coming to the beach, whether you come to the uh, kayak or canoe launch, uh, but it should be a better experience and be a better presentation of a, of a county park that gets a tremendous amount of use from our residents and others. Uh, and so that contract should be uh, completed the October, November timeframe. Uh, spent a lot of time uh, talking, I uh, had the, the city manager from Williamsburg and, and Mayor Pond from Williamsburg coming to talk about an indoor sports complex. It is meant to be a regional facility. And so we spent a tremendous amount of time 
talking with them or our board did, hearing from their consultant that talks about the reasons why they believe it would be successful here in James City County and Williamsburg. And then from the city, the financial side and what it really means to have, uh, I guess, have need York and James City County to participate with the city in order to have the financial wherewithal together to make it make sense for the community. Uh, the bottom line of it is we're, the, the talk today is to build a 12 gymnasium facility, basketball court size, they could be converted to indoor volleyball courts or 36 pickleball courts or wrestling or anything else that you can envision that's sports related that you would play on a court indoors. And so that is the idea of it. The site that's recommended today is the Colonial Williamsburg Visitor Center. So not the visitor center itself, but that site utilizing some of the existing parking, the good access, there are a lot of amenities and hotels and restaurants and other things that benefit all three communities within a reasonable proximity, that 10 minute circle of the site. Uh, it would be set up so that Monday through Thursday, it's really for community use, meaning we're in there doing our practices and we're playing and we're using it. And then the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's really geared towards tournament use where you're bringing residents from uh, an hour to up to five or six hours away, residents, visitors, an hour from up to five or six hours away to spend the weekend here and hopefully come early, stay late. Uh, visit our uh, amenities that are here from Columbia Williamsburg to uh, JYF or the Jamestown Visitor Center or Bush Gardens or Water Country, any of those other things that people come to this community for and trying to bring outside money again into the community. And based on talking with two different consultants that do this across the country, both of them felt it would be very successful here. And so we are moving forward with the concept of that, at least at this point. Facility costs are somewhere in 30 to 45 million. So there's still some unknowns there. Talking about who's gonna run it and whether we run it with city staff or county staff or we hire a firm to run it is still under discussion. Uh, we did have these consultants put out what we believe the operating loss or uh, revenue would be. And what they both have said after going through, they believe it would probably lose in terms of the facility itself, about a million dollars a year. That it would take whatever operating cost, it will have some rental rates, but at the end of the day, it would still lose about a million dollars a year but it would generate more than a million and a half or 2 million a year in new taxes, meaning meals tax, sales tax, lodging taxes. So I can't equate that directly to the facility, but I think overall it would be a cash positive for the three localities. It's just hard to show when you look at the facility's budget in provided it gets built in three to five years, it would show an operating deficit. The city uh, would be covering debt service, looking to the tourism council, some of the maintenance of effort money that we localities are already paying to cover debt service. And then York and James City would help with that operating loss with sort of a cap of about, say a cap, our estimation of about a half a million dollars a year for that operating deficit. So a lot of numbers out there, but I just at least want to share what they are. If residents would like to have more information, they certainly could look back at our board meeting, the video and audio there, or again, feel free to call me. I'm always happy to talk through issues, 253-6603. Again, my number 253-6603. A lot of numbers, but the bottom line is I think it would be a facility that would be very well used. It would benefit the community. And while it, the facility itself would operate at a deficit, the overall uh, benefit to the community would far outweigh that operating deficit loss. So um, the next steps would be that we would come back to the Board of Supervisors, hold a public hearing likely in November with the idea of forming a sports authority or a recreation authority. 
the three localities would all participate in. That would sort of move all of the financial risk other than what we commit to today to this authority. And this authority would then control the site and go forward with the activity there. So I have encouraged at this point our board to at least consider joining the authority with a way that once we answer all those questions that I couldn't answer of what's the final cost and how it'll be operated and what it'll look like, once we have all those answers, we'd have another opportunity to say, yes, we're in before we spend that 30 or $40 million or no, it really doesn't work for us and we'd have an opportunity to go a different direction. So I think a, I think it's a really exciting project for our community and time and effort behind it. City Council and the city sort of have led this effort with their monies. At this point, they have used their tourism funding to hire these consultants and move us through the process. And so we'll see uh, how the presentation and discussion goes between the three boards. Uh, again, my expectation is we will form the authority, depending on public comment, and then go forward with when we really know a couple of years from now what it looks like or what those final costs would be, we'd make a, a final decision. <coughs> Excuse me. Also presented at the Board of Supervisors meeting and approved were the 2020 redistricting, the redistricting maps. You know, every time we have the census and the population changes, there's a requirement to balance the voting districts. Otherwise, you would have some districts maybe have 20 residents and other districts could have five to 10,000 residents. So again, we did that process. We've had a pretty significant growth in the county, uh, but our staff had worked on this. The timetable this year is really compressed. And I guess that's due to the delay in the census data coming out that we had to submit something by the end of this calendar year to the state attorney general's office for review. So we are gonna make that deadline. Our board did look at the maps that were prepared by staff. And I wanna thank Jason Purse and Liz Parham. And then Kim Hazelwood, our GIS person for sort of looking at several options, discussing with the board of supervisors and preventing, presenting maps that the board ultimately approved that will affect less than 3000 residents in terms of changing districts. So we weren't trying to pick on people or just move them to move them. We moved them because that is what's required. The only caveat I think comes with that, uh, the changes are fairly minor in the world of uh, remapping or redistricting, uh, but the state is still making changes to their district maps and how their voting scheme is. And so provided ours match up with theirs, uh, I think what we've approved will be the final maps. They are what we're going to submit, uh, and we'll, we'll share that once we really know the answer to uh, are they the ones that we will be voting all in the coming years. So we still have this election cycle at one effect, uh, but going forward in time, it would. The other big item that took a, a lot of discussion and the board has talked an awful lot about it at their, uh, over the summer, their May and July meetings uh, is our 2045 comprehensive plan. Uh, the board voted on a number of items to sort of give direction to staff. They had two outstanding items that the staff is working on. And I would expect, uh, the, well, we will bring it back to their October 26th business meeting. And then I would expect the Board of Supervisors will likely adopt the 2045 comprehensive plan at that point. So a lot of discussions at the meeting. If you want to hear the details of it, I'm happy again to talk through that. Uh, and again, it'll be presented again in October at the Board's uh, October 26th meeting. And then they did make appointments to our Stormwater Advisory Commission. Um, and again, actually had enough. Uh, they needed two new members. Uh, they had three they felt very strongly would be in addition. So that's our a local committee for James City County or an advisory committee. And the board did appoint three additional members instead of just two that were requested. Uh, but I really am excited when they, we have residents that apply and are interested in serving on county boards and that uh, bring something to uh, of value to those commissions in terms of opinions or backgrounds or technical knowledge. So again, uh, the board did make those appointments. 
Uh, and I think that's enough for the board of supervisors meetings, right? Anything I forget that you've heard about because you're uh, paying attention to most of those as well. No, I, I think you covered it. I think that with the, especially it's exciting for me about the sports center um, coming around because everyone either has kids that they've taken to and from different sporting events across the state or knows people who take their kids every weekend to different places. And it would be so great to have something like that here in our community. And because people do, parents, grandparents travel with their kids and they'll spend the weekend wherever they're going. And I think it's a great opportunity if the money all works like we want it to. Well, and, you know, some of the comments we heard or have heard as we've talked through this over the past year and a half, well, you know, other places already have it. So do, have we missed the opportunity for Williamsburg and James City County to get in on that kind of opportunity? And, and what these consultants have both said is it really is four things that drive it. It's proximity is, you know, where, how many people are around you and you draw um, a five hour, six hour circle around us and it was like 25 million people. So that's a lot. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of amenities do you have around around the site? And when you come here, can you eat out or the hotels? We absolutely have that. Beyond that, we have what I mentioned in terms of other tourism related things that if people are coming for a tournament, why not go to Bush Gardens or why not go to Colonial Williamsburg or why not go to Jamestown? So I think that's another real plus for us. Um, and then the other is sort of your national reputation and brand and being family friendly. And we certainly have that. So of the four things, we have three that you can't create it. Um, let's say can't are hard to create if you don't have them. And they said, if, if we built the venue, which we don't have, that they believe it would be very successful here. So I'm like you, I think uh, I've known a lot of people, I've done it myself some where you travel and you're like, Durham, why don't we have that here? Um, it does bring people into your community. It does generate a lot of dollars for our businesses and tax dollars to help support the cost of it. And so I do think it's an exciting project for this area and will have a significant impact uh, going forward for us. So we'll, we'll see. Again, when I haven't mentioned when it might be built. If it moves quickly, um, it's probably a two-year project moving quickly. So probably in the next two or three years, we probably make a decision on uh, do we form this authority, like I said, in November, It'll take six to nine months to figure out, do we stay in it? Then we'll award contracts and move forward. So that'll be a topic we talk about coming forward, but I'm excited about it as well. A um, couple other things just to mention. Uh, I've talked about our trash consolidation study. We did kick it off with the board in July. Uh, we have done some uh, surveying, some statistical surveying of our residents. So if you didn't get a call, we still would like your uh, input and opinions. Uh, we do have on the James City County website, sort of on our homepage at the bottom, uh, there's some um, uh, an opportunity there under current news and there's some things that move around and there is the study listed there so we can get to it fairly easily it's on the front page of the james city county website down under current news uh, and there is a form there where you can submit any kind of information you'd want to share with us and i've heard from both i've heard from residents who believe we really should do it and we ought to do it as soon as we can and i've heard it from other residents say hey you don't need to be in the garbage collection business let the private carriers do it so opinions will vary we do intend to share the, the results of the study both your comments and others uh, with the board of supervisors at their november 23rd meeting i think it's the 23rd uh, but the meeting right ahead of thanksgiving uh, and sort of get direction from them on where they would like to go from that so still plenty of opportunity for our residents to comment on that and be part of the process 
Uh, it's also October, which means it's early voting time. So for those, uh, you know, historically that's been November for us to vote, but we started early voting a year ago. I think that'll be something that's extremely popular in Virginia uh, last year. I expect it will be with us uh, maybe forever, but certainly for the years to come. Uh, and so you can vote at our vote center, which is at today, the James City County Rec Recreation Center or 5301 Long Hill Road. Uh, it's running eight to five Monday through Friday, and then it will be open October 23rd and 30th, which are Saturdays uh, from eight to five. And so uh, no reason not to get your vote in when you get ready, eight to five Monday through Friday. And I know uh, more than a thousand have voted since it's been open. I haven't uh, check the number as of today, but it's been a steady stream of people coming through and casting their ballots. So I'd certainly encourage if you have any conflicts or concerns about voting in November that you can get that done early. Seems to be a very popular option for many of our residents. So um, we also announced some months ago a partnership with ONI Illinois at that point. The company has since changed their name to ONI Glass, but still a great partnership to do glass recycling. And we collect in our recycling bins today glass, and it is used in a process, and it's part, it does count as recycling in terms of being oftentimes a cover at landfills and, and reused in that fashion. But very little of what we put into our bins makes it to a point that it can turn back into a bottle. Uh, it just gets too contaminated and too broken up and too mixed in. So O&I, who's in the glass bottle making business, um, had, had talked with us some, over the years and had ultimately agreed to fund some purple recycling glass bins that are located at the county's uh, uh, convenience centers. And all you have to do is bring your glass bottles clean somewhat. You don't have to remove labels or anything, but at least uh, bring them in reasonable condition, put them into this uh, one container. We will carry them. We, O and I, will carry them to a recycling place that turns them back in, I think, cullets where they can uh, take it back in and make a new glass bottle. So the glass you put into these purple bins, I have a high level of confidence, will come back to O and I and turn back into a glass bottle. And so I think that is something that I myself am very interested in. I hope our residents will be as well. And they're at all of our convenience centers at this point from Jolly Pond to Tuning Road to the one out in our Toano Industrial Park. And we just encourage that. We are talking as a staff of can we do something to put smaller purple bins in other locations? And we'll let you know more about that so that for those that, um, that we just make it more convenient to residents to bring that single stream glass. So it's bringing glass that is separated, putting it into the purple bins, uh, and letting us turn it back into a bottle. Again, if you're recycling, you just want to put it in the normal stream, that's okay too. I'm just not as confident that will turn back into a bottle where these purple bins, I'm very confident it will. So I hope you have an interest in that and want to learn more about that. Um, our Board of Supervisors, uh, since day one of here, I and mean, probably long before that, continue to be concerned, um, at least my time here, with how the community looks, whether it's grass growing or people's homes, code enforcement issues, um, all, all of that litter pickup. It's a constant effort to keep our community looking nice for us and for those that visit. And we have expanded. We've mowed medians. Uh, for many years, we've expanded some mowing of medians this year to do a little more on Monticello, a little more on 199. We're looking at other areas we can do. And again, when I say we, we, the county, are then taking on costs using your money as your residents here uh, to make the, the community look better. And so there's a, a balancing of that where our state Department of Transportation will mow the grass. They're going to mow it maybe six to eight times a year. We're trying to mow it 
14 to 16 times a year. And so just mowing it more often typically makes it look better. Uh, we are paying for additional litter pickups with VDOT. Uh, one other thing we've added is we have worked with the jail. There are jail crews that come out and work for the, the localities. And again, we have a regional jail that serves Pocosin, uh, York, Williamsburg, and James City. And we do have inmate crews that come out and work within those uh, localities. Uh, we were pushing harder for an inmate crew that we could pay for. And I say pay for, we're paying for the supervision and the expense of bringing them out, uh, where we would get maybe more return and have a, a dedicated crew for James City County. And that is beginning October 4th. So we have worked uh, about six months to get the agreements in place and to work with the jail staff. And I want to thank them and our staff for continuing that effort. And my real hope is that it will make a visual difference in the litter and other things. And we're going to start with litter pickup because there always seems to be plenty, and then we'll move into other areas that will help with the beautification within our community. So um, I would encourage people not to litter, to be aware of that, and uh, not let things blow out of their vehicles. Uh, but I know when we pick up litter today, next week there's lit more litter to pick up. And if we don't pick it up, it just won't look better. So I'm really excited about get, getting this additional crew or asset out there to help beautify our community. And that'll be, again, an ongoing effort. There'll always be more to be done, but I think we are making good strides toward that. Um, the last thing I want to mention, we've talked about this American Rescue Plan money. James City County's proportion of that is close to $15 million. We received about seven and a half of that in the spring. We will get another seven and a half in the spring of 22. And so we're talking with the Board of Supervisors about what kinds of things uh, they would like to see us spend that money on. And so we've had a staff group working on that from things that are normally in our capital improvement program to maybe some operational things that we haven't done uh, to whatever else. And we all, we'll be presenting that list uh, to our board at their October business meeting. So I just want to share with the community, we haven't spent that money not any of it. Uh, we have until 2024 to get it obligated and until 2026 to get it spent. So we've taken our time to sort of work through a process and give departments an opportunity to have input, to then talk with our board of supervisors and to develop a plan to go forward. So more to come on that, but uh, just wanted to sort of give you a preview that we let you know we hadn't forgot it. We are working through it and I expect to have a recommendation or some discussion with the board at their October meeting. And I think beyond that, you know, by the time this is airing, uh, Halloween will be approaching, and I just would encourage uh, our residents to, you know, to be safe. I, mean, I always think Halloween growing up was a fun time for me as a, uh, as a, as a youth, and so I just um, want to encourage people to enjoy and have fun, and um, but be safe. I don't want to have somebody hurt or um, something worse uh, because they weren't paying attention and being responsible. So. Um, and Renee, I did all that and skipped COVID. I guess I, I sort of had COVID on my notes and I almost want to let it go. Um, but after saying that, I guess I ought to come back and just remind the community that COVID is still an issue for us. Uh, we have asked county employees, those willing to share if they're vaccinated or not with us. I've had over 850 say they're willing to share their vaccination status. And so I would tell you that, that of those that responded, we have about 85% of our employees that are vaccinated. So I think that speaks very well uh, for our, us as an employer and our employees here. We will begin testing our employees that are not vaccinated or haven't shared that with us uh, November 8th. And so we are, we continue to be worried about the health and safety of all of us. And that is the guidance from OSHA and others is that we should be, be testing unvaccinated. So we are joining that as many other employers have. Um, and again, still encouraging employees and members of the community to get vaccinated. Continue to have those conversations with your medical provider and, and decide what is best for you. And don't get caught up in just the social media or the hype. Have a, a I guess, 
an informed conversation or an intentional conversation with medical people in your life that you trust to see what they would encourage you to do and take that route. Um, it's, we still, in talking with the medical community here, our hospitals and our health department, uh, a high percentage of those in the hospital are unvaccinated. So it's not to say being vaccinated, you can't catch the disease, but a high percentage of those in the hospitals are those that have not been vaccinated. And um, anyway, so just encourage you to continue to do what you think is best for your family, but do it based on having good conversations with medical personnel. And then for those visiting county facilities, uh, we haven't required masking of visitors, but we certainly are encouraging it and strongly encouraging it. And I will wanna thank those that are wearing masks within county facilities that helps to protect you and other people visiting, but also our employees that are trying to provide the service. And so uh, we'll see how that changes as we go through the fall. But um, I said, I almost wanted to get through this without saying anything, Renee, but with that, I'll go back to have a safe and happy Halloween, so. Yeah, unfortunately, I think it's with us still and it'll be with us for a while. But as long as folks are masking and getting vaccinated, it's got to get better at some point. It has to. So, well, I'm glad you brought up Halloween because I want to ask you a couple of fun questions for Halloween. All right. When you were a kid, I imagine you dressed up to go door to door. I imagine I dressed up. Yes. Okay. What was your well, I know you don't like favorite questions. What costume did you have that has stuck with you the longest that you remember? <laughs> you know, Renee, that gets back into my memory of things. I know I, I always had a great time trick-or-treating, probably did it till I was a little too tall, whatever that might mean. <laughs> uh, but I don't know that I have a favorite costume. Mine were yeah. always sort of a homemade kind of thing, and it would be a cloak or something. But I, I didn't like stuff covering my face. I didn't like masks. Uh, and here we are today, <laughs> but uh, you know, I didn't like it. It felt like it got sticky inside. So it had to be something that would, would cover me up, but not restrict my uh, airflow. And so I wish I had a favorite costume to share. I just don't remember that part. But Halloween was a ton of fun for me growing up. Ton of fun. And I know my mom made all of our costumes and then she made all of our kids costumes, which was good because if it would have been up to me, they would have been wrapped up in foil and sent out the door. <laughs> you're a robot go but yeah so it's always good to know somebody that can help with that so then again what would be not your favorite but what candy would you get in your trick-or-treat I think we had like pumpkin pails back in the day that's what we would take what would you get that you would be like yes this is what I wanted well, you know, candy bars that are an inch long were okay. Okay. Candy bars that were full size, particularly at that time, Snickers bars. Mm -hmm. man, that was the jackpot. <laughs> I remember back to those houses, right? Right. And then did you have any that you made sure you gave away? Um, I always had a pile of candy that was my preferred pile and a pile for my parents because my ah. parents wanted to put their fingers in and take what they liked. And so I would always push them to the pile of stuff that I cared least about. Very smart. Very uh, smart. Uh, might have just been selfish, but it worked. <laughs> it worked. It worked. Well, the good news is I think this year we're hearing that outside trick-or-treating is going to be a good-to-go event and kids will be able to go out and have fun. And I do though plan one thing we did last year. I think we talked about it. We sat at the end of our driveway with the table. And I think I'm going to do that again because it's just kind of fun to, you know, sit out there and be part of it without you know, because our kids are grown and gone, but that way we could still 
participate. And so it was a lot of fun besides just handing out candy at the doors. Well, yeah, I think, I think it's a good time for many. And for those that don't, you know, I think we'll, we'll be publishing. If you want to participate, keep your light on. If you don't turn your light off. And I think people are pretty good at trying to honor that. And, uh, but I look forward to it as well. It's a nice time to interact with your neighbors. So Yes. And it's normally pretty cool by then too. So we're not in this 50s in the morning, 80s in the afternoon and 60s at night. So it's kind of, I know you like this kind of which, day. Which is okay too. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else you want to talk about, Scott? No, I, I would just encourage people to have questions about things going on in the county. Please don't hesitate to call. Again, my number 253-6603. Uh, I'll return the call or make sure somebody that if you have a specific question that uh, you ask that might have a better answer than I, but we'll definitely talk with you and at least share what we can about what's going on within the community. All right. Well, thanks again. And we will hopefully maybe be in person for the next one. Fingers crossed. That's right. Fingers crossed. That's right. Okay. Thanks, Scott. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please take a moment to go online and subscribe. That way you will be sure to never miss an episode. You can go to our website. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And while there, you're going to be able to find all of our episodes. I think this is number 154 and you'll be able to see a form. And on that form, you can give us show ideas, comments, criticisms. We would love to hear from you. So once again, thank you so much. And we will talk with you next time.